0: Hello, this is Tom Brevort. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Night Podcast. This is episode 152. You are with one of the High Priests of Khonshu, Ray. Hello. And tonight we have a very different episode. Uh, it is based on a new segment called The Other Side of the Moon. So if you have a look up In the Night Sky, it is a waxing gibbous. And that means we are doing a comic book review discussion with Moon Knight in it, but it's not necessarily a Moon Knight title, hence kind of the other side of the moon. Anyway, I, as mentioned, am your Hybris Conchu Ray. Welcome, welcome, and with me, uh, a very special guest, no stranger to to Loonies or the ITK community, it is the power of Chad. Chad, welcome, welcome. Hello, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Excited about this. This is uh, this is going to be uh, the Maiden episode for The Other Side of the Moon. It's a, like a, a different kind of look at comics. It kind of gives us a little bit more flexibility to maybe look at comics where, hey, Moonot might even be in just like one panel or something, but that's kind of good enough for us to, to be able to review and discuss. Needless to say, though, This What If issue, and we are doing, I should say, uh, What If Venom Possessed the Punisher, Volume 2, Issue 44 of What If. Uh, Needless to say, he does feature a bit in this. I mean, we'll get into it, Chad. Uh, Not as, you know, he's not as integral, really, in the whole story. But, hey, he makes an appearance, and that's uh, that's good enough for us. Um, For listeners as well, the last time you would have heard Chad would have been in uh in episode hundred and forty three, so nearly ten episodes ago in that um round table Robin uh sidekicks revengeance episode with Anthony Sitko and Phil the Drop King. Phil for the top five Moon Knight artists. Um that was a that was a really cool one, Chad we're gonna have to do a um as you guys mentioned, you have to do a writing, a writer's top five as well. Uh it's gonna be a hard one as well. I mean the artists that you guys pulled up were were all I think very um were very good. No I'm just trying to think, no really big surprises there except for actually I was surprised by Anthony's number one uh, taking nothing away from Ron Garney, but Ron Garney is the number one I thought that's a that's a pretty big call.
0: Yeah. But you know, Anthony's got a few issues.
1: <laughs> um, for those who don't know, Anthony's one of the co-hosts for Capes on the Couch, uh, where comic books get counselling. So I'm assuming that's what you're alluding to, Chad. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping there's nothing deeper there in Anthony's uh Anthony's closet so to speak anyway Chad it's really cool to have you along thank you so much again uh, Chad's waking up at um, a normal time for, for yourself Chad but not so normal for, for other people um, I believe it's very early morning or very late at night depending on how you take it it's about what 4 o'clock in the morning yep <laughs> thereabouts give or take a few minutes um, but anyway I'm hoping Chad's mind is like a steel trap for what we have in store which is as mentioned the the discussion as always, though, to kick off the show, just a bit of um, a, a, a bit of a shout out to some sponsors. I want to thank our gracious patronees, as as always, uh, the likes of Dustin, Wayne, Justin, Joey, Josh, James, Russell, and Anthony for um, for putting in and for showing their support on Patreon. Uh, very much appreciated. Also, a couple of sponsors: Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at their best, and Dreamland Comics from Schaumburg, Illinois, the superhero superstore. I'll give you some details towards the end of the show um, with discounts that you can find for both of the sponsors. Uh, Should you wish to purchase a new headset or a couple of floppies, take your pick, Chad. Take your pick. Anyway, movie on. We'll Just with a bit of idle chat, Chad, now, generally, I usually just, you know, we just usually shoot the breeze, ask what we're currently reading as well, which I will do, but there's a couple other things that I want to just kind of spout out. But first of all, Chad, current reads, anything that you recommend or that you have been reading lately that you would suggest to our fellow loonies... Uh,
0: lately I've been making my way through the Captain Harlock Dimensional Voyage manga. I'm up to Volume 8 now.
1: Okay. Captain Harlock. Let me just, uh... Sorry, Chad, I'm looking down here as I will put this in the notes, because I'm going to put this in the the show notes as always. You can check it out if you find it interesting. Chad, I do believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, there is someone floating around in the Moon Knight core under a very similar moniker. I do believe... Is that uh, someone, <laughs> also known as Chad, potentially, or maybe am I wrong? I don't think so. Am I'm one? not sure, man. You serious? <laughs> oh, anyway, no. We'll uh, we'll not uh, not divulge <laughs> <laughs> anything any further. But okay, cool. Uh, Captain Harlock, and that's a it's an anime thing, is it, Chad? Yep. What is it about for those that don't know, such as myself, what it what it entails? Um,
0: it's essentially just a uh, pirate captain, and depending on what's going on and uh, like there's several different iterations of it. Like sometimes it's he a space captain. Sometimes he is a ace aviator in like World War One era sometimes he's a gunslinger in the west sometimes he's a pirate in feudal era japan it's basically the same character on like
1: a long how do i put this
0: have you played assassin's creed
1: uh no i know of it and i think there was a movie wasn't there that kind of is that yeah. the go with the hood yeah yeah
0: well basically you know it's the same family, it's the same stretch of DNA across time oh, and okay. Assassin's Creed basically got that from Captain Harlock.
1: Ah, right. Cool. Is it gritty? Like, is it, um, quite um, like, graphic and stuff or is it more sw- swashbuckling kind of just light it's, adventure?
0: It's light adventure but okay. it's got a lot of political overtones, like, ah. you know, overthrowing the government and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Cool. No, it sounds interesting as well. I have yet to crack anything in um, anime or manga and apologies if I'm using those terms incorrectly. Oh, Chad, I see. Hold, hold the phone for Petrunis that do have the video. I see Chad's wearing, is that a Venom hoodie? You beauty. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> Man, that's that's cool. And very apt of course for for this episode. Fantastic. Nice one. Anyway, I was just distracted there by the emblem on your chest. Anyway, uh, any any other recommendations or is that what you're mainly reading? Um,
0: just been been reading that and yeah. uh what if Venom had possessed a Punisher?
1: Oh. Well again that's so fortuitous because we are going to be discussing that <laughs> tonight so I'm glad you read that uh right well I mean I actually haven't been reading uh, that much more than what I'd mentioned last episode anyway I did finish what I was well most of what I was reading which I mentioned last episode uh, which was uh, volume one for the masters of the universe by James Robinson on the d c imprint uh, i don't that's... know for some reason i'm I'm kind of lured into now, you know, the toy action figures turned comic book kind of cartoons, so I'm, I'm a bit intrigued at the Masters of the Universe, um, it's a good read, it wasn't what I expected, but it's a massive setup, so uh, after those six issues, I'm going to read volume two, I'm sure things really kind of pick up steam, the first uh, volume was pretty much about Adam not knowing or realising he had his memories wiped by Skeletor, that he was He-Man, and um, that was done because Skeletor obviously wanted to take He-Man out of the picture. Why he didn't kill him, I don't know. Like when he could, when he could have, but anyway, he just let him. Um, and and everyone else, like uh, I'm not sure if you're uh, had you watched the the show much, Chad Masters of Universal.
0: Um, I watched a lot of the like original series that aired. Yeah. But I didn't really watch a lot of the like reimagined. One that came out several years ago.
1: Okay, no, I haven't watched that either. I'm looking forward to the Kevin Smith uh, Netflix um, uh, reimagining again. That should be cool. (laughs) Uh,
0: So, Henry Rollins, like one of my personal idols, is going to be in it as Triclops.
1: Really? Why Triclops? That's a very obscure character, but yeah, for sure. Awesome. Nice one. Oh, I like Henry Rollins too as well. I didn't know that. That's great. Um, But, uh, yeah, so... I was, I was saying that like his other friends like I think it's Battle Ram I can't remember their names it's, a, it's kind of like a a stocky guy that um, I had the toy where he, he had spring legs and he's pretty much the Juggernaut head wise and he just bashes into things um, I think it was Mossman as well and uh, anyway they had their memories wiped as well so uh, a lot of fun in that one I'm currently reading up on uh, the origin of the U.S. agent. Uh, so reading, uh, this is there's more of them, which I've already read, but I'm currently reading around Captain America 331 to 336. And that's when John Walker takes over the Captain America costume. He gets trained by the government to to actually replace Steve Rogers, who they've kind of stepped down as the Captain America. Uh, so he hasn't turned into a US agent yet, but um, he's well on the way there. So that's really interesting. I didn't... I didn't really know the origin of uh, John Walker, so um, yeah. Uh, are you much into like the characters, like Captain America, U.S. Agent, that sort? Of,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Walker personified in uh, what was it? Uh,
1: Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and, and Falcon. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. Um, I can't remember. Uh, oh, it's the son of Kurt Russell isn't it who
0: yeah. yeah and goldie Hawn.
1: Yeah, and goldie Hawn, yeah uh yeah so that would be interesting i can't say i've seen him in any anything but uh, uh really yeah has he been around well, has he been doing stuff what what has he been doing um, i know he's been he doing he, a, he did a zombie thing didn't he or oh zombie
0: vampires yeah, thing yeah, yeah, overlord yeah i've heard um, i've heard of that
1: um but
0: and, and he, then he was in a uh, episode of um black mirror it was like centered on like this horror video game and it was basically using imprints of yes, this memory
1: I, was as, that was that him was he the main guy yeah. the backpacker uh, yeah. he, and and uh, that was a great episode and it all apparently all that occurred in like 0. 0.6 of a second or something right and yeah oh, that was him that, well, that was good okay okay um that was. I haven't watched all of Black Mirror, but that is one of my. I'd say probably one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes I've seen. I've seen about like only four or five, and uh, I've really enjoyed that one. Um, I love that twist. Oh, okay, okay, he's, he's pretty good. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see John Walker's a bit. He's a bit on the uh, on the sassy side and 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 the, and the crass side as well. Uh, it'll be a, quite a I'd imagine a fun and meaty role to do, depending on if they do do the take from the comics he might be totally different in the mcu we'll have to wait and see but um yeah cool uh apart from stuff that we're reading uh chad i wanted to also just announce also to the loonies as well that uh, you may have seen uh there was an event on a watch party uh that had come uh look it's still in the works uh, um, basically, I uh, put on the post. It was a bit of a lemon. <laughs> Not many people showed up. Uh, a couple of people did. Uh, so a big shout out to Christina and her her boyfriend. Uh, they hung around just for a couple, basically for a, a few moments. Uh, technical difficulties in, difficulties ensued. I think they were doing it off their phone. Um, but anyway, uh, it was an, a learning experience. Uh, I'm keen to, to do it again. So anyway, I uh, I put up on uh, on our group page, a poll as to, you know, what might make it more amenable for people, you know, um, is there a certain time that would appeal to to people more, Um, I guess down the track, apart from the obvious, the TV show, is there any particular content that loonies would love to kind of congregate and watch together, Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm just throwing it out there, I I do like the idea of it. and potentially as well, it might it might be a good opportunity for loonies and ourselves to like record only if if those are, are, are happy to uh, like commentary like while we watch uh, a show or an episode or a movie. Uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Anyway, so the poll is up there. Apparently, currently it's uh, it's sitting at most votes go for surprisingly for me. Um, the this is East Coast uh, US time, uh, ten PM weekdays. 10 PM onwards weekdays seem to be the the most favourable time. Um, yeah, so whatever seems to be the most popular, I will definitely try to work towards. But uh, that's an exciting prospect. So keep keep your eyes out in the community for that. Uh, also, as well, Chad, just with again in keeping with the community, I wanted to give a little a little shout out to one of the loonies, Joe Joe Porter. He uh, he raised this question, and I want your thoughts on. On Marvel War Table, I guess it just came out, right? The the trailers for the Avengers, the new Avengers game. Look, Chad, you're way more of a gamer than I am, so I'm hoping <laughs> that you've seen it. Um, I've seen bits of it. it looks pretty good. No, <laughs> okay, Chad's uh, shaking his head there. Uh,
0: I've been so busy. And yeah, I've been doing of these extra classes on top of working. So
1: yeah, sure, and and, uh, and fighting crime, I'm sure as well, um, on the streets. <laughs> I'm not gonna say <laughs> That's, I'm not at liberty to, to um, anyway so Joe says I was watching the Marvel Avengers War Table today and I'm not sure if many people uh, in the community are gamers but I'm willing to bet our boy will be a playable character DLC or otherwise uh, if not next year then um, yeah, probably later on uh, Marvel's got to market their characters to get and get on almost all their platforms to get that sweet cash uh, thank you jo- Joe very right as well Um I don't know. What do you think, Chad? Is there a prospect of seeing Moon Knight in the this uh, this War Table Avengers game? Uh, it's.
0: I haven't seen the specifics on the War Table. Mm. Like, I, okay. I don't know anything about it. I know the new Avengers game coming up is supposed to be like pretty in depth. Yes, but I haven't been following it mainly because I'm shallow as hell and. The costume looked embarrassing. <laughs>
1: okay, excellent. Well, I, I don't, um, I don't know as well. Look, I think, I think it just it kind of makes sense that he'd probably be in it if he's getting a TV show. That's going to kind of draw a lot of focus to the character. Uh, he has been a, at least a West Coast Avenger, so he has been an Avenger. Uh, and I, I think though, I can't see why not. He's been featured in video games before. Um, I think it's it's right for him to actually be in War Table, which be very interesting to see because uh, a few of the trailers have been out and about for those that have seen it. It looks really cool. Uh, just from what I understand, uh, you are kind of drawn into the world with uh, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and and she kind of I think she finds the Avengers. Something's happened. MODOK is actually a big uh, villain in it. Uh, so, because uh, there are a few adaptoids in there as well. Um, but yeah, apparently, it, as you say, it's very in-depth. Uh, I did listen to This Week in Marvel, and they were talking about it. One of the guys there, Jesse, who is in charge of, of the development of the game or something. Um, I think it was Jesse. Anyway, he was saying that stuff like the, the costumes, um, there, there's going to be a whole you know wardrobe for each of the characters you can choose, and all that sort of pizzazz. Um, which kind of sounds cool. it's always fun to get your favorite character and and to play around with him a bit but um yeah I, I reckon I reckon it's just watch this space for that. if not when it releases, definitely around 2022 you know when the TV show comes about so um yeah that, that's my yeah that's my take on it. uh anyway, Lenny's just a couple of bits of white noise before we uh we get into our discussion of the comic book. Now, when this episode comes out, unfortunately, the sale would have ended. So I'm hoping you would have seen the posts up on Facebook and, and in all our social platforms. Um, but there is a, a Moon Knight sale on Comicsology for those that like their digital comics. Um, up to 67% off. It ends this Sunday, the 28th. Uh, but this uh, episode will drop uh, around the 1st and 2nd of July. So um, hopefully you've made good. By the time you are listening to this, you've made good on some purchases uh, in particular, one's been highly recommended. I think there's a massive um, drop in... Uh, I, th- I think it's the Alex on Brian Michael Bendis run, the volume. So if you haven't read it, and if you've heard all the kerfuffle about it, uh, why not pick it up for a, a cheap price and, uh, and see for yourself. Uh, only other bit of Moon Knight news. Uh, it's not new, new news, but it was on our Facebook group is uh, more details of the Moon Knight Omnibus, which has been banding about, uh, and that is going to be released in January, uh, apparently, towards the end of January 2021. Uh, And for those that don't know, look, it will... Unfortunately, it's not Mark Spector Moon Knight, which a lot of people are wanting, because it kind of makes sense. It's a 60-issue run. That could be like a mega omnibus, right? Um, But it's actually tracking it back to the very first appearance. So you get a lot of material that you would have gotten in the Epic Collections, uh, which are uh, fantastic collections. I love them. So there's uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, issues 32, 33, Marvel Spotlight 28, 29, Defenders 47 to 50, uh, Peter Parker spectacular Spider-Man 22 to 23 uh, Marvel 2 in 1 52 and then you get the the Doug Mance Bill Sankiewicz run of Moon Knight from 1980 issues 1 to to 20 uh, and then plus also there's a Marvel team, uh, Marvel Team Up Annual for Amazing Spider-Man 220 and material from the Hulk magazine 11 to 15 17 18 and 20 and finally Marvel Preview of 1975 um Proudly, Chad, I think we've covered all of those in in the show, uh, up to this point. Except well not one to twenty of Moon Knight by mention Sinkevich. I think we're up to uh issue fourteen or fifteen of that classic run. So we're nearly covering that. But all the other comics prior I think we've covered in some discussion of some form or another. So um if you want the omnibus and want to check out some reviews, check out all our episodes. (laughs) Chad, I'm sure you've been in, in some of them as well. I mean, we're talking about, you know, a couple of years back as, as well. So
0: I think that's safe to say.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely Chad, Chad's, um, you know, as you know, always welcome on the show and, and you've been on, um, a few times as well to, to give us your thoughts. um, a lot of it during the, I think, the Max Bemis run. We had you for a bit, I remember. But a couple of the classic uh, classic issues as well. Um, oh, there was that one time, Chad, remember? I think we did that classic run from the Hulk magazine, and I think you read yeah. the Hulk story as well. <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, no, we're not doing that. But it was, you know, I guess it's good to, to read the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was... Oh, well,
0: I mean... Was that the one with the lunar eclipse and Hulk smashes Moon Knight and he just magically shrugs it off?
1: Yes. Just, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe that was about, yeah, Hulk Magazine 15 or something, or 17, anyway. um, Good stuff. Anyway, Chad, how about we just take a quick short break and then we'll get ourselves ready for uh, our, our discussion, which is The Other Side of the Moon.
2: The Swamp, more than
1: merely a place.
2: It is a churning, seething, bubbling bed of life, of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, until one little experiment went somewhat dry, and you changed. A serum that was to have made you a super soldier, combined with the strange forces in the swamp, to make you over into this, a shambling, mindless mockery of your former humanity. The Macabre Man-Thing. Man-Thing was created in the early 1970s to capitalize on the growing monster craze, but under writer Steve Gerber it became something quite different. Experimental, surreal, and very, very weird. It was something I loved as a kid, but does it still hold up today, four decades after its initial publication? So join me, Paul Matthew Carr, as I attempt to make sense of this cult classic and analyze each issue, putting it in the context of the time it was written and comparing it to the standards of today. And maybe you, too, can come to love the world's second most famous swamp-based comic book character as much as I do. The Nexus of All Realities, a Man-Thing podcast. A twice-monthly dive into the
3: bizarre. We are Venomaniacs, is the Venom Sight official podcast for all of your symbiote news, reviews, and point
2: of views
3: about Venom-related comics, movies, television animation, and merchandise. We are available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Join us, won't you?
1: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 152. You are listening to our brand new segment, The Other Side of the Moon, where we will be looking at a comic not directly related to Moon Knight, but he's in there somewhere. And that is What If Volume 2, Issue 44, What If Venom Had Possessed the Punisher. Now, this is available... As a floppy, I'm sure a lot of the US listeners can find it in a bargain bin somewhere. It's not particularly pricey. There's nothing seminal that happens in it, so I'm sure you can find it. Uh, if you look uh, for those outside of the US, uh, check your local comic book store, maybe ask them. Uh, if not, then th- uh, third-party sellers over eBay or um, or such, or even Amazon might, might do it. Uh, Anyway, this was published in December 1992, and we have writer Kurt Busiek, uh, penciler and inker Luke McDonnell, colorist Tom Vincent, letterer Janice Chang, and editor Craig Anderson. Now what we do, loonies, uh, for those that haven't heard before, uh, what we'll do, generally do is give a bare bones which is a synopsis uh summarizing the the comic book issue and then Chad and I will kind of just expound on some main aspects of writing art themes characterizations and references to any other runs uh, we'll just bounce around just as as we see kind of fit before we cap it off with a uh, a rating out of 10 um so to kind of give you a sense you know um, and our thoughts on whether it was a good issue or not, uh, we do have some feedback, Chad. So that's a lot of fun. I didn't actually advertise this too much over the social media, so apologies, loonies. I'll try to get that in a little earlier so we can get feedback. If you want to leave feedback for for the issue, please do so, and uh, we can read it out in the next episode. Uh, but I do have a bit of audio feedback from a friend of the show, Drop King Phil. Uh, that will be fun to play. We'll play that towards the end. Now, Chad, um, I actually didn't discuss this with you during the break. I should have. Um... Shame. <laughs> Are you willing to? It's a short synopsis, a short bare bones. Would you be willing to to give this a read uh, and let the loonies, the fair loonies, know what this is about? Absolutely. Cool, cool. All right. Well, take it away, Chad.
0: Okay, so this is courtesy of the wikipedia or the wiki fandom thing. thing uh, Frank Castle was at the church that Peter Parker ditched the venom symbiote at and as a result became more violent powerful and lethal version of the punisher killing tombstone sorry about that Ray I know I know I was gutted <laughs> so was he <laughs> and the kingpin symbiote began to use Frank's body while he slept, in effort to take over his body. Well, that's not very good writing. (laughs) Spider-Man, along with the help of Daredevil and Moon Knight, learned about the symbiote's plans and confronted Frank. From there, he began an internal struggle with the symbiote and eventually won by vowing to kill himself and the symbiote if he didn't regain control. The symbiote backed down, and Frank remained in control of it, his discipline intact. At that point, the other heroes let him go, worrying that they'd have bigger worries in the future than have uh, a more powerful punisher, and they might need his help.
1: Yes, that was a uh, a, a pretty... um. Dare I say, a pretty average wiki entry by a mysterious person there, Chad. So full credit for making the most of it. But thank you. That gives you the bare bones of this story. Now, what I forgot to mention, I usually always ask, and I'll open it with Chad, uh, overall impressions. like Before we get into it, uh, how did you feel after you put it down, after you closed the last page? Um, Yeah, any any thoughts on the characters overall and the story?
0: Um... The story was pretty straightforward. I liked it. It wasn't bad in any way, really. It was a little bit of that, like, 90s, like, cheese, but no, it was good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, um... um, Sorry?
0: Oh, I was just going to say that they had a few, like, callbacks, like, on the front cover, how Mm -hmm. it shows Venom, and he's drooling green, you know, very typical. Yes. It's like... I love how, in the current run of comics, they go ahead and expand on that, and that 's basically how the suit gets rid of waste product
1: oh wow, really that's so cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah that was a that was the thing wasn't it that McFarlane I think introduced i guess as well i mean he he did most of the stuff um I like it sticking on uh, on the covers as well and and overall. I kind of enjoyed it as well. It was nothing. It was neither here nor there. It was it was a what if so. There was nothing at stake in the in the whole scheme of things. It's it was a nice one and done. It's all self contained. Um, so generally, I liked it. There are there are some shortcomings which we'll kind of get to. Um, the art was the art was good uh, to me. It was a, a kind of a typical a typical nineties thing as well. I mean, there's a lot of different art in the nineties, but you do get a lot of these. This sort of art from um, from Luke McDonald, uh, it was it was was quite decent. Um, what I wanted to say from the cover there, which you can see, and for patrunis who do have the video, uh, the, the Punisher. You know how they integrated that with the Venom emblem. It reminded me for some reason, and I could be totally wrong. With um, is it Punisher twenty ninety nine? He's got this kind of um, uh, souped up. Uh, yeah, kind of emblem as well. Uh, so I don't know whether there is some sort of symbiote action happening in 2099 with the Punisher, or I could be totally wrong, but it just reminded me of it, the, the design.
0: Yeah. Um, no, Punisher 2099, he runs literally on hate. Oh, okay. Which is, ugh. <laughs> so bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, and, and on the front cover, there we also have Daredevil and Spider-Man. No Mooney there, but Mooney does pop up at the end. Uh, so yeah, Chad, I guess, uh, before, uh, let, let's, let's get into it. Um, first off, any, any one point that you want to note at first particular of the story or, or of the, the, the comic book issue? Um,
0: honestly, not until later in the comic. Uh, okay. Like the beginning is pretty straightforward. Um, I really like the, uh, shadow and the descriptors in this, like a few panels mm-hmm. like the shadow reaching over frank that's really cool effect yeah um, it... and then he goes on to describe it as uh what was it
1: fire and cold steel yes yeah. it's, it's... it's a good yeah there is some nice writing here by busek uh just like descriptive writing and i was impressed with that it, it sounds like a simple thing but uh it's so it seems so appropriate for <laughs> because we've all had it done to us, being uh, possessed by a symbiote, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But it sounds very, very uh, appropriate for someone that you know gets wrapped up in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good opening, I think, because it it sets it straight away. Um, and for those obviously who who don't know the or know the history, Eddie Brock was the one at the the church um, after having uh, had had his life kind of turned upside down by Spider-Man. He's on his last legs at the church, um, basically about to to end it all, and that's when the symbiote gets him. Uh, In this instance, Frank Castle is there instead, lighting candles for his family. Um, So, uh, yeah, look, I thought going into the writing, I guess, holistically... It was a very simple premise, wasn't it? Uh, there's not really much to it. Uh, the main draw for this, it seems to be, is that idea of the of the symbiote possessing Punisher. Other than that, look, he doesn't do anything that he wouldn't do anyway. He's just basically Punisher with a symbiote suit on. Um, he does come across uh, a Spidey, and actually that will feed into one of the main theme I thought of this, which is actually, he mentions it a couple of times, um, staying in control and it becomes a battle between him and the symbiote, uh, which I guess you can say is the overarching kind of premise for the story. But for me, it, um, that only was only mentioned a couple of times and it wasn't made, um, obvious enough in the story or, or wasn't put in the center of the story. Um, so much of it is just like Frank going from criminal to criminal, um, killing them. And as you say, in the synopsis tombstone gets his head bitten off, uh, Kingpin, I guess, I think he gets asphyxiated. I think the, the symbiotes wrap yeah. kind of him or something. Um, so you, you get a, a few big deaths there with mainstay Marvel villains. Um, but yeah, it, towards the end even... I mean, I'm jumping... I'm just talking about the story. Um, it seems to end in a little bit of a... Kind of like a, a whimper, but up in the air as well. Is that how you kind of saw it? I mean, yeah.
0: Pretty much all of it was reliant on Frank regaining control over the symbiote. Mm. And then... Like, he got his big deaths in. and that, That's his deal.
1: Yeah. Well, th- that's the thing. What I found was kind of weak was that um, it came down to this ultimatum Frank gave the symbiote in the internal struggle he had. He said, look, I'm either just going to kill both of us, or you follow my orders. It seemed a little too simple. Like, you, you know, the symbiote that can do all this amazing stuff, like create guns from its arms and and um, shapeshift and everything, it, it I I didn't buy it that it actually didn't resist Frank's urges and just maybe just tried to control him completely rather than kind of just meekly accept it and and just disappear. So it seemed like it wrapped up really quickly. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I I didn't really buy that kind of ending.
0: I did, but only in retrospect. Like, yeah, this is this does not seem like classic Venom. It seems mm. like Venom from like the modern era, because the Clintar are supposed to be these like benevolent creatures.
1: And, mm. You know, they're right, supposed
0: yeah. to enhance us, and that makes sense to this. Yeah, so,
1: but yeah, not
0: yeah. classic Venom. But
1: also, as well though, but wasn't the um, yeah, okay, that, that's true. Because but wasn't the the symbiote that became Venom with Eddie Brock? wasn't it like turned mad or something, or, or like it, it was actually like a bit of a psycho venom um, yeah. because it was so angry with with, um, with Peter Parker and, and it got fused with Eddie Brock's kind of psychosis or something and it wasn't your typical Clintar. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think the same probably would have been said here with they could have really delved into that with, with Frank's psyche, you know, and how messed up he is. But I guess in the 90s, The Punisher wasn't really explored that thoroughly, you know, as it ha- as he had been. Yeah, I mean, The like Punisher in the 90s was The Punisher wearing the white boots and the gloves, right? And a headband, and he'd just go and shoot people. He wasn't... Garth Ennis, they, they, that hadn't been done yet. There hadn't been this whole thing about The Punisher... Um, Actually, being a a psychotic serial killer, and and even if his family um, and and the death of his family was just an excuse, you know how they kind of made it that like he's a killer anyway. Um, whereas yeah. I, th- I think in the nineties it was like it was still very um kind of prim and proper. Uh, his family was killed, and that turned him bad, and you know that kind of route. But um, I felt they could have done that, yeah, with the Punisher. Uh, that would have made this a lot more interesting um yeah what did you think of the like the introductions of the other characters of the marvel universe like daredevil typhoid mary um tombstone kingpin did they add anything to this for you i thought
0: that moon knight was kind of like integral to how the story progressed i mean Mm -hmm. everyone was willing to just get on frank and yeah kill him <laughs> yeah and moon knight's like no hold on a sec yes and ultimately that was i honestly think that if moon knight didn't interrupt them like he would have just gone into berserker rage again mm. it would have just been symbiote over frank been more fun wouldn't it <laughs> I mean, well there's <laughs> fun me. and yeah. there's fun
1: yeah. Um, but yeah you're right that that was the one thing and, and for Moon Knight's involvement here uh, oh I thought that was a Clintar anyway no that's not, that's a, no it's, it's a the black other cat. other <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, sorry for Petruni's and for listeners there was, um, Chad's cat just made a, made a dash um, looking up at the night sky checking out the waxing gibbous uh, yes, yes, it is a waxing gibbous, and yes, it is the other side of the moon. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what I was mentioning, you, you totally wrote about Moon Knight. His main, I guess, involvement in this was that, basically it was that one panel where he says, you guys are men of science, and he's talking to Daredevil and Spider-Man. I don't know why he thinks they're men of science, you know. Well,
0: Spider-Man is. So,
1: yeah, Spider-Man is. I did that. And I had to double-take, again. yeah, okay, fair enough, Spider-Man is, but hang on, who's the other guy, Daredevil? What's, what's he, what? Science, anyway. Um, to be honest, like no one really at this point in in this canon, like Daredevil's still a bit of a mystery, right? No one knows about his um, senses. He's, he's just a guy that is very, you know, nimble and ninja-like. So I don't know where he gets the science from. But anyway, um, there's that thing, yeah. When when Moon Knight says, "Oh, hang on, why not use the vi- <laughs> why not use the visuals?" Uh, I'm just gonna flick over here quickly, uh, just quickly on the. On the thing, uh, uh, just over on the uh, on the video. Here we go. Uh, Yeah, so Frank is basically towards the end of the comic, he's frozen, right? And and, because he's having this internal struggle, so he's just on the rooftop with these uh, with Spider Man, Moon Knight, and Daredevil. He's got the symbiote kind of oozing around him, Uh, and. Yeah, so Moon Knight says, You two have been around longer than I have, but you're men of science. You trust what you hear, smell, taste. But I'm a creature of mysticism and the moon. I've seen things you haven't. Um, I can't prove it, but believe me when I say that somewhere in there the Punisher's fighting for his freedom and win or lose, it's all up to him now. Now, I don't know. I I totally get where Busek's going. Um, I I think this is a little... uh, bit of a reach, a bit of a stretch <laughs> from Moon Knight uh, like had, had, you know, I know somewhere that he'd, he. I think anyone could put it two, two and two together, this guy is like catatonic, just standing still his eyes might have been rolling back into his head, there seems to be some sort of conflict within, some sort of internal struggle I don't think you need to be a man of science or a man of mysticism to know that, but anyway that's Moon Knight's role in this comic um, and that's about it, right?
0: Yeah,
1: everything else is
0: pretty much reliant on just Frank killing people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: I found the I found the guns pretty pretty cool um, as a as a take from um, you know the symbiote. Uh, uh, so you know they're obviously they're more um, known for the symbiotes for making blades and stuff like you see carnage and, and all that. Just a lot of stabby stabby. But I like it very Punisher-like. Um, but he also has the the symbiote kind of nature when he takes on Tombstone and literally just bites his head off. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. So, as you said, Chad, I didn't really like that. You know, I like Tombstone. He's he's good. He's he's a douche, but he's good. It's good to watch. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. Um, if we go into characterizations portrayal wise, for me, for me even as well, look, Moon Knight's a little inconsistent. I think the first thing he says, and I scrutinize this now every time, you know, Moon Knight's on, I try to say, okay, how is he? Um, uh, he's actually he's okay. He's not that bad. Um, he makes a couple of quips, like the first thing he said, "That's a Punisher." He looks taller on TV, like. You know, he makes all these little, little nonsensical things, um, but he's he's kind of serious. Um, I guess he's more of the. I don't know. Would you? Is this consistent for you, Chad? Is he consistent for you?
0: Except for that little bit about mysticism, like winning out. It's just mm. everything else seems pretty close because it's not mm. like he was really going for a quip every panel. True. He was just kind of like, like he rags on people all the time. He does but it's not like he's successful at it.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I always kind of as a starting point because you know a lot of loonies and myself included always kind of gravitate towards the the Houston run. So I always use that as a yardstick oh. first. Okay, and go yeah, okay. He's definitely not like the Moon Knight in the Houston run, but that is not the definitive Moon Knight for me. Still, it, it's it's a it's a strong one, but it's not. Um, but I always tend to go to that first, so he's not like that. If anything, he's he would be more like the classic Mensch run, I guess. Um, he does have a, a bit of a dry humour there in the Mensch run. Um, still not quippy, but kind of he's got a little bit of humour in there. Um, and if you look further on, uh, the Bemis run, he's quite... I think he, he comes up with some smart remarks there. So uh, he's known... Uh, he's not known for his, his humour, but he, he definitely does give it out. Not as much as Deadpool or Spider-Man, but it's kind of there. Uh, yeah, I, in the Mark Spector run, which is where this is around, like, uh, this is in 1992, um, he actually does say a few cheesy things, I think, in the Mark Spector run as well. Um, cheesy, but not, like, quippy. So... I guess he's consistent enough. Uh, again, there's really not too much of him in this issue to, to really play off, but um, but but you know he, he holds his own. Uh, again, he doesn't do too much. He doesn't even throw any darts. He, he's just he he kicks Venom, which is cool, but then he and gets
0: he is pretty renowned for literally just kicking people really hard. <laughs> yeah. That's, Crazy acrobatics and kicking people.
1: That's true. That's true. Well, he's, he's done well there. He does get Frank, uh, off guard, but he, you know, talk about, um, you know, fighting, uh, a different weight division. He, uh, he's done that with Frank and he gets slammed, but he's okay. He doesn't die or anything. So that's good. Um, how about the other how about the other characterizations for you? uh Chad with the Punisher um less so with Daredevil, cuz he's hardly in it Spider-Man I think Spider-Man was done very well he's very consistent
0: Yeah I I really appreciate that Spider-Man was fighting this enhanced Frank for hours
1: like mm, they describe yeah. it
0: as like he let me get it held him toe to toe it's like Jesus Yeah that's I mean, Peter Parker is
1: really intense. Yes, and the fact that he's able to just pull that off—that uh, is—that is, that is really very cool. Yeah, it's very admirable. Um, even um, the the Watcher uh, he mentions here. So, I am looking at page twelve. Spider Man is, by any standard, one of the most skilled, rough and tumble fighters in existence. Uh, that's a pretty big call from Uatu. Uh, well done, but yeah, he's managed to. He's going up against an alien being and. A homicidal, friggin' human, <laughs> in Frank, um, put them together. So arguably, a lot more dangerous even than Eddie Brock and uh, and the symbiote. Um, but Spidey seems to hold his own. Seems to hold his own. Uh, in it, though, realistically, yeah, he, he was at death's door. He he. What I found was actually really good. Uh, he was there about to be killed by by Venom Frank, uh, but it's actually Frank that kind of seizes control again because the symbiote wants to kill spidey and you can see there's a shot there on page 13 the mouth is there uh but then in the word balloons it's like no spider-man is not a target spider-man is not a target he's a nuisance not a criminal he's not a target and then the mouth closes and i think that's frank regaining control over it so you start to see this um this battle uh between frank and the symbiote and Actually that leads into what I thought was an, a, another really cool part of this story was when um Frank's totally beat right and he falls asleep and then he's asleep but the symbiote kind of uses his body still and like animates him and he um where is it and he slams uh micro uh because micro's <laughs> just come in where where is it oh there it is so yeah yep. Um, so page nine of it, Mike is excitedly coming in saying, "Look, I found all this info," and uh, he just gets slammed. I thought he, I thought he gets killed, but he doesn't. Thankfully. Um, that's but, what I thought too, because it's not a good look for him. No, no, the papers are flying everywhere. Back, uh, back of the head slammed against something. Um, but yeah, that's a creepiness I think of the symbiote that came across really well. Like, it's almost. Like Frank was literally violated there, um, you know, against his will. He's just having a snooze, having a kip, but uh, but he is still uh, taken around. And then what does he do? I think while he's asleep, yeah, while he's asleep, he attacks, um, he attacks Spot. So yeah, actually, while Frank is asleep, that's when he and Spider-Man fight. Um, so it's actually, and then then sorry, Frank wakes up, uh, and that's what that's how he stops the symbiote from killing Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Um that that struggle. What did you think of the final then this internal final struggle in Frank's head then? I'm just shifting across. There's a lot of talk about Frank's um history in in like in combat and in Vietnam. Um but then yeah.
0: I think it has a lot of really good uh art just like the imagery of mm-hmm. you know huge Nightmare spawn, yes, type venom. And that's just really it's a different look at it, and I appreciate it. I like the like dark greens, kind of mm-hmm. like going for that Vietnam jungle look. Um, and then of course, once again, it feels a lot more like a more modern venom because you know, the web of Venom mm-hmm. where Venom's in Vietnam, yes, so that's like I don't know, this seems like it predictive.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It, uh, whether it was intended or not, it does actually echo uh, the the more modern run. Uh, I'm like you as well, I was just looking, I, I got to shout out the colorist Tom Vincent because I do like the greens that he uses for his flashback, um, and with Luke McDonald's um, vision of that inner uh, Venom creature that Frank battles, I think it's really cool. Uh, he's kind of steaming, uh, and then he kind of, he morphs in and out and stuff. But as I, as I mentioned before, unfortunately, maybe Kurt Busick wanted to just wrap it up and, and figure out how do I close this out? And it's kind of like, so it becomes like just Frank talking to the Venom uh, symbiote and going, what does he say? It's go. It's really simple. Obey my orders, do everything I tell you, and I'll let you live. Don't, and I'll kill you, even if I have to kill myself to get you. Um... So I'm not sure maybe in ret- in I'm thinking again maybe that is a decent enough threat isn't it I mean if they but then if if Frank kills himself the symbiote would just crawl in, over to someone else it won't die right unless no. actually it has been fully bonded to him right what well, when they when they shoot that sonic gun yeah that's right yeah uh, so what did it say yeah so Daredevil on page 23 it's not working the symbiote it must have completely bonded with his body so maybe that's it the point of no return um, so they're in for the long haul uh, but yeah um, anything else by the way of I don't know by the way of art or themes Chad hmm. or or writing
0: not, well kind of on the last page um, let's see what um, when he's talking with uh, Moon Knight and everyone about well you're gonna have to just kill me it's like yeah that's pretty Punisher yeah. it's like you're just gonna have to kill me if you're gonna stop me yes. that's pretty much what it comes down to over and over and over again
1: yeah, actually, I agree. That's a good point. But even further, for when he says and he goes, and you don't have the guts to kill me, I think that's very Punisher. Like you know, it's almost like a dare. Um, like yeah, you can kill me if you want. I don't care, whatever. But you're not going to do it because you're wusses. <laughs> you know, I, only <laughs> only I can kill people because <laughs> I'm the Punisher. Um, kind of hanging around there as well, art wise. Uh, I kind of dig the wings again. That there's a, a little bit of uh, predictive, predictive of the Donny Cates run, um, which we see and uh, absolute carnage and, and venom around there. So that was pretty cool to see. It's funny, like this is like 30 years ago, but it, it's come round back to it as well. Um, so I love it. Uh, just I guess then, if there's nothing else, then Chad, I just wanted to mention the references to other runs. So this definitely is referencing when Spidey... Um, around the time Spidey wore the symbiote uh, suit and then he got rid of it, which kind of set things in course for the creation of Venom. So we're looking at, um, back in the, the our reality, or our kind of continuity, uh, Spider-Man's alien costume saga, and that included uh, Amazing Spider-Man 252 to 263, Spectacular Spider-Man 90 to 100, and then Marvel Team-Up 141 to 50, 150, and then it ends in Web of Spider-Man 1. Um, and that, this was from May 1984 to 85. Uh, and so Web of Spider-Man 1 was that seminal issue where Spidey has the battle with the symbiote because it wants to actually graft onto him. And that's when he goes to that clock tower um, and kind of uh, uses the bell to, to like kill it. Uh, so this obviously definitely references that run heavily. Uh and also, of course, Secret Wars from nineteen eighty-five, that massive event which if you read any comics around that year, I guarantee there are so many editors notes in it, like, check out Secret War. Like, you know, if you want to know what's happened, check out this awesome limited series, Secret Wars. Um so anyway, that references it, and for those who don't know or know, obviously, that's where Spidey gets the, the symbiote to begin with. So those are the references there. Mm-hmm. Um, I blame Thor. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? Oh, I actually, there there is something with that, isn't there? I I can't remember it entirely.
0: So basically, Peter Parker's guys, you know, suit all like dinged up and whatnot, and mm-hmm. he's like going to this room full of like stuff that's supposed to you know, like replenish your energy, you know, hold you over to the next battle, and uh, yeah, Thor basically says, yeah. Use the machine in the corner.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Well, there's two machines, and Peter Parker's uh, spider sense doesn't pick up on Mm -hmm. fucking venom for
1: some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Ah, Thor's never been a man of details, you know? Um, Nope. Go for the head, you you know? (laughs) Uh, You know, if he did that back in Infinity War. We wouldn't have to have to go to Endgame. Anyway, that's another another discussion. Oh, I love Endgame, for for the record. It's not like I don't want it. It's just that in the course of things, um, that would have wrapped things up quite neatly. Uh, Okay, well then, apart from that, Chad... uh, And, look, we had a look at Mooney uh, fleeting involvement here, but, hey, this is the other side of the moon. Apart from that, Chad, let's get to ratings then. So what would you give this, what if Volume 2, Issue 44, what if Venom possessed the Punisher?
0: I think I'm going to have to go with a three-quarter moon. 7.5 out of 10. Wow, cool. Just be- There's just a lot of, uh, like, little nuances to it, and... Even though the presentation is amazing,
1: mm-hmm. it
0: just has a lot of uh, potential for growth
1: mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way to put it. I would a hundred percent agree that there's a lot of potential in this story um, I, I will give it a, a slightly less i'll give it a six out of ten and the reason being that is i don 't think and it 's not necessarily the writer's fault uh, i don't think it lives up to that potential whether it's just because of the number of pages that we had to kind of constrict the story to um, and for it to to go through, um, that probably hindered it. But it's a very appetising premise of having Venom possess the Punisher. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you... you uh, let any of the you know comic book fans know about this, and they generally go, "Oh, cool," because <laughs> it is a cool little thing. Um, so a six out of ten for me. Uh, it was enjoyable. Uh, it's it's not you know it's not something that I would revisit again and again. Uh, definitely for Moon Knight, it's something I wouldn't need to really feel. I'd need to revisit, um, but I do love the characters in Spidey, Daredevil, Punisher, and Venom. They're all the characters. Uh, I'd love all these characters actually. Um, they're all cool. So, uh, yeah, so there you go, Loonies. The, that is our rating system. Chad with the three quarter moon. I'll go for a um, getting small moon, or it's just a, a waning gibbous there. Six out of ten. Uh, before we go on to anything else, I guess we've got to go into some nightlines here, Chad. I'm going to jump into some f- 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 feedback. <laughs> and I don't know why I started. Anyway. Um, and we have a, a nice bit of audio feedback from friend of the show, Drop King Phil, who, who Chad, you chat, chatted with in uh, in episode one forty three about the top five Moon Knight artists. Uh, Drop King Phil, a, a good friend of the show, and uh, a, a great. I'll let him actually plug his show because he does add <laughs> add it in there. So I won't say anything further. Um, take it away, Phil hello
3: and welcome to another episode of the capes and lunatics wait wait we're not doing capes and lunatics oh that's right that's right i do so many shows on the capes and lunatics and capes and lunatics sidekicks podcast (coughs) plug um that's right i agreed to uh send ray some feedback for the newest episode of into the night uh so let's see what issue what did he say they were reviewing uh Oh, What If. I haven't read some of these old What Ifs in years. Uh, What If, Volume 2, Number 44. What If Venom... Ooh, a Venom one. What If Venom had possessed the Punisher? What? Well, that's bloody bonkers. Sorry, my bad Australian accent. Uh, yeah, What If Venom had possessed the Punisher? Uh, yeah, this one's kind of, it's kind of, eh, it's a little crazy, but it's kind of tame for what if, from what I see. Uh, cause yeah, it starts with Frank Castles in the uh, church we're all familiar with and he bonds with the symbiote right before Eddie Brock walks in, which Brock was like going in to commit suicide. So I'm like, they never call it out here, but I wonder if Brock actually committed suicide in this, uh, reality. And, of course, we get the whole, you know, Watcher recapping how the original timeline went, like we did in all the what-ifs. Then we see Frank Castle using the symbiote. They disguise himself, his face, and everything, so he could uh, easily get close and kill criminals. And then he's like, oh, hey, it has webbing like Spider-Man, but doesn't do guns. So, I'm assuming when the symbiote makes guns on its arms, it's shooting pieces of itself. I mean, unless, I don't know if Frank can, like, load bullets into the symbiote, but, yeah. Unless it's just using pieces of itself. And the symbiote's, like, basically pushing Frank onward and onward. And, oh, hey, look, Spider-Man and Daredevil are hearing about this, uh, mysterious figure. Eh, I think that's gonna come back. Uh, oh, and then, look, it looks like the symbiote's taking Frank out for action, just like it did with Spider-Man when he was sleeping. It even roughs up microchip some. Poor micro. Uh, Oh, then we see Spider-Man at the church, just like Amazing Spider-Man 300. He gets attacked by the symbiote. It's about to kill Spider-Man after like an hour battle, but then Punisher wakes up and takes control of it. So, what's Spider-Man do? He goes to the Fantastic Four. And I'm glad, you know, Kurt Busiek was writing this. He remembered who the Fantastic Four were at the time as Ben Grimm, Sharon Ventura, Johnny Storm, and Crystal. <laughs> uh, seeing in Human. <clears throat> Ellen Ri- Rising. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just love Ben Grimm in this. He's like, yeah, we don't use a lot of those uh, fancy doohickeys since Reed's gone. He's like, oh, just take this Sonic Blaster. Although I guess it's for a good cause. Uh, then we see Microchip and his son basically saying... You know, you're out of control thanks to that thing. and The Punisher's like, no, I'm not. So he's... Like, oh, he takes down Tomb... He kills Tombstone pretty early in his Marvel career. Because I think this is when Tombstone was first appearing in Spectacular Spider-Man. Um... And then he goes for the Kingpin, and he stopped... the well, he has to battle... Daredevil's teamed up with the Kingpin and Typhoid Mary, but then he grabs the Kingpin and I guess it almost looks like he just like smashes Kingpin and to the ground, but I believe he kills him. So, and then the symbiote's just running amok. You know, he wants it wants to kill Spider-Man, but it can't find him, so it's basically targeting drug dealers and stuff. And then he gets back to the gets back to the church and look who's there spider-man daredevil and who is that white figure on the roof there batman no ray it's moon knight i'm sorry i know you wanted to be batman but this is a marvel book batman no ray it's a marvel book it's moon knight okay uh so yeah the three of them saying help us help you punisher and of course the symbiote flips out battle battle Spider-Man finally grabs the Sonic gun and hits the hits Punisher and the symbiote but then Punisher pulls a gun destroys the Sonic cannon and basically goes in his own mind to well have a talk heart to heart with the symbiote and basically tell it you know he's the he's in tr- he's in control and you know help me with my mission so after Punisher takes control they take off and Spider-Man's like we must have to stop them and Daredevil says, no, the Kingpin dead. So, yes, the Kingpin is dead. There's going to be a gang war, Typhoid, the Ranger. Everyone's going to want to take a shot. So, I guess what Daredevil's saying is, we need a symbiote-powered Punisher out there. (laughs) And that's pretty much the issue, which, as I was saying, this was like a somewhat crazy
1: issue. What the F?
3: I know, Ray. There's some crazy moments in this thing.
1: What the F?
3: Uh Uh-huh. But it's, like, it's kind of tame for a what-if issue because, I mean, some of these what-ifs get, like, high body counts and stuff. But here, I mean, yeah, there were, like, you know, no-name gangsters and drug dealers getting killed. But, I mean, most, for the most part, the only big Marvel names that got killed were Kingpin, Tombstone, and, like I said, Eddie Brock may have committed suicide. But, again, we got no confirmation on that either way. So, I mean, it's a nice issue, like, i This is probably one of the what-ifs that's closest to the original timeline. Because really... Like I said, except for like Kingpin and Tombstone's deaths. I mean, it's basically the original timeline. Except Punisher just gets the Venom symbiote. Which I guess, you know, there's more far-reaching changes that, you know... Now Spider-Man doesn't have to battle a Venom. But... Yeah, overall, I like it. Uh, I think it, it... yeah, I'm gonna give it a B plus. I forget what that is in a Connor Shoes rating system, but big, high, tall boy or whatever it is. I don't know, but yes, B plus for me. It's great. Uh, I had a great time reading this. Ray, congratulations on 150 episodes of Into the Night, and here's to 150 more. All right, until next time. Ah. Uh, High priest of Conchu and all you loonies. This is Phil. Catch ya.
1: Thank you, Phil. That was Phil Drop King Phil. As always, he comes home with the goods, baby. That was great. Thank you, Phil, so much with I I'm not sure that was me speaking. I don't think I said those words, Phil. I confirm or deny none of that uh, but no thank you very much yeah Chad what do you reckon uh, the uh, the symbiote uh, shooting the bullets what how did this how do you make sense of this how do you headcanon what happens
0: well it probably has I don't know maybe it's on the same lines as like growing nails and you know chemical reactions like a, once again predictive with, Yeah. Various venom. I mean, uh, what's his face? Uh, Sleep. Sleeper, that's what it is. He can custom, like, make chemicals to go ahead and use in the battlefield. Um, And they use that to great effect against uh, the maker, actually.
1: Um,
0: Well, I was thinking something like that. Chemical proponent, Mm
1: -hmm, essentially
0: mm -hmm. just claws as bullets. And all of a sudden you have gas-operated machine guns.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think that's a. I think that's actually good. Um, yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking. Yeah, it's not. It's not the symbiote, per se, that is being shot out. But you're right. It's it's some sort of substance that is generated from the symbiote. Um, I like the analogy of the fingernails, something like that. It's just like cartilage or, or whatever. Um, I've just put up onto the screen there. <clears throat> I think Chad, you also mentioned a bit off air about um, this thing about the Punisher. It mentions there uh the suit draws on me to replace the bullets it fires uh yeah so it actually draws from Frank Castle so whether so and that's why Frank has to eat eat more i guess um does he mention that or have i just made that up he um uh, maybe I, I think you just made that up. I did, I think, <laughs> but he
0: definitely sleeps more. He, he sleep, yeah. sleeps, yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: that was that was it. So he obviously his body has taken its toll from the the symbiote, and it has been drawing st- stuff from him. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Phil. Muscle and the meat. Maybe that's where it's from. <laughs> um, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. But no, thank you very much, Phil. Uh, it's very and of course, yeah, Tombstone. Damn you kurt Busiek, for for killing him in this, whether it's real or not teamstone deserves he deserves better um yeah, so no thank you so much phil very very cool indeed uh be sure to catch up f- with Phil as well i i a little little plug as well i I co-host with Phil the Scarlet Spider um uh, it's on the Ultimate Spider cast at the end of every month. go check it out. Uh, we journey through Ben Riley's um life you know. As a clone. It's pretty cool. With Matt Kona, of course. Uh, now, just going to Spectacle here, Chad. I just want to shout out a couple of loonies because I've been mightily impressed in our community. So a big shout out to Sam Wiley. He's uh, one of the loonies in our Facebook group. He's been generating... Uh, you've seen this, Chad, haven't you? He's been generating these like animations of Moon Knight slash memes, I guess. And it's been in the Moon Knight core as well. And it's got Moon Knight... Yeah. Yeah, souped up and punching it's either Black Panther Doctor Strange uh, yeah
0: just super hulked out Moon just <laughs>
1: really laying it on people yeah exactly um, I love it Sam thank you so much and uh, I'm glad that the boys over at Moon Knight Core love it too It's um, it's been spread around um, yeah let's get more of them happening really cool uh, also a shout out to a, a Good friend, Looney, Chris Kelly, a.k.a. CMK7. Beep boop, beep boop. Uh, So Chris has just sent me just today, and you will see it. Petrunis, you probably would have noticed it at the beginning of the video, but he's he's provided me with a new stinger, a new opener to the videos. So the video versions of the podcast, which you can see on YouTube, and the exclusive videos, which Petrunis are, um, are given access to, uh, there 's an opening credit sequence uh, that 's all done by Chris Kelly. Thank you so much, my good sir uh, he 's added a few little nice little bells and whistles there some some street noise he 's added a moon copter. I was excited to see that, so go check it out if you haven 't um, on YouTube just for the opener <laughs> you don 't have to have to listen to the podcast just just watch it for the stinger <laughs> also just a, a couple of other spectacles I want to do the shameless plugs myself. Um, i guest on the signal of doom a fellow collective podcast episode 171 it's four hours of power baby it's four hours of me and dave just shooting the breeze uh and if you find that interesting (laughs) then go check it out if it's a little overwhelming then maybe you know maybe small chunks but go check it out i had a couple of wines it's uh it was things were flowing it was great it was fun um Also as well, uh, I get around episode 42 of We Are Venomaniacs, Uh, I guest on that, and I talk alongside Orion uh, and Carlos, the hosts over there, about Moon Knight's appearance in Marvel's Spider-Man, season 3, episode 3 of Maximum Venom, I believe it's called Vengeance of Venom. Um, so that was fun. That was a really fun chat. It was really fun to watch the, the series with, um, the episode with Moon Knight in there. Uh, I learned a few things from the guys about, you know, the symbiotes. Uh, and it's just, what did, what did they say? They said that it's very, um, uh, what do you call it? It's, uh, oh. <laughs> no, no. the, the planets aligned that we actually chatter at. By coincidence, doing a Venom-related comic book issue as well. But go check him out. Uh, we are Venomaniacs, episode 42, if you want to hear me ramble again. Um, so anyway, no, Chad, I think that's about it. That will wrap us. Thank you so much for, for joining. I can see the light now coming through your window. Uh, the sun has now broached the horizon for you. Um, yeah. Gross. <laughs> uh what have you got for the rest of the day you uh you're busy you're gonna work no uh
0: work at 10 o'clock tonight 10 o'clock tonight okay yeah all right so, so i'm up for probably a couple more hours yep that's it
1: and then okay and then heading off heading off for a yeah, cool. Oh, well, no! Thank you again so much for for staying up. I hope you get a good good rest. Um, Loonies, if uh, Chad people want to contact you, um, where um, you, where can they find you? Where can they find you to ask where you get that that cool hoodie from? <laughs>
0: I got the hoodie from Merchoid. They have more. <laughs> um, let's see. You can find me in the ITK groups. Um, I'm just Chad Jernigan there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I go as angled time, but mainly with Chad Jernigan. Mm-hmm. Um, as angled, not angled. It's not angled. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Yep. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll uh, drop Chad a line. Uh, ask him about his uh, his clothing if you need to. Uh, ask him about his cat. That's good. Uh, so a big thank you once again. Definitely ask me about my cat. <laughs> uh, next phase, which is episode 153, we have another new segment. Uh, it will be a waning gibbous, and it will be our moon walk. So it will be a, it will be a read-through. Basically, it's like an audio thing of, of a Moon Knight comic. Now, it's to be confirmed. I don't know which comic it will be. I'll let you know. Uh, look, this is Untested Waters as well. Uh, I just thought this would be a fun thing. We'll see what we do, whether it's just me reading it or I get someone else on, whether I add some sound effects to it just to kind of soup it up at the end, I don't know. But um I'll choose a comic. Uh if you if you'd like a comic actually, maybe I should put a poll up if you'd like a particular comic uh read through that you can read along to and and maybe I'll, you know, maybe we'll have commentary throughout it. Uh let us know and uh happy to happy to go with that. Uh, Chad, is there anything springing to mind that you'd like like as an audio? Think of it like an audio book. It's like you go to bed, you can plug it in, and there's my rambles in your ear. Mm. I can read out the whole of What If, Volume 2, Issue 44, What If Venom Possessed the Punisher. I can do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'll just drift off to listen to you every single morning. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. I, put, I can put people to sleep, so no, I, that's my secret power. I, uh, yeah, something in the wavelength of my voice. Are you a sleeper? <laughs> Actually, I want to know about this sleeper. He sounds pretty cool about being able to. Really? I. You've never Marvel. heard of him before? From, I know of Sleepwalker, I've never heard of Sleeper. Um, it's one of the Venom symbiotes Ah, uh, yes, yeah I, Unfortunately, I don't know too much of the symbiotes Outside of Scream, Venom, and Carnage uh, I haven't gotten really into deep into the, the Venom kind of corner of the universe But, um, interested, interested Um,
0: basically he just kind of came into being What was it, during the Web of Venom series recently With Johnny, okay. K- or Donny Cates mm-hmm. And, uh it's, yeah, he's really interesting character.
1: Is he one of the? Um, wasn't that what was that foundation that created all these venoms like Scream? Was he one of them as well? Or
0: no, he's a uh, direct uh, thing, oh, but it's offspring. like from back yeah. in Venom's history because there's okay. multiple places that all of a sudden Venom has been before Secret Wars. Ah, so. uh, okay. That whole spiel.
1: Did he turn up in Absolute Carnage then? Because he would have been targeted. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. I haven't read all of it. I loved Absolute Carnage. I haven't read all of it. I've got to really go back and read it all. Um, but that's a superb event, I think. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, there, there you go, loonies. Um, give it some thought. Let me know. Let's create our first audio book. I'm excited. So... <laughs> so um, with that, also again, you can check us out on Patreon, patreoncom Um Please have a check. Uh, please check it out. See what bonuses that we do have on offer. Um, you too can see the video of Chad and I reviewing and uh, and going through the video, uh, going through the comic. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, as mentioned at the top of the show, Hello Headphones. So if you use the code ITK ITKMOONIGHT, you can get 10% off their online store. And for Dreamland Comics, if you use the code MOON, uh, you get 20% off their store as well. So go check them out if you need to stock up on your back issues and such. They do a lot more than that as well uh, also affiliate members of entertainment earth, get your action figures through them. Anything that you purchase through the link will help the show too. And finally, we are part of the collective. So as I mentioned before, a huge shout out to we are Venomaniacs and the signal of doom, which I had been invited on. Uh, they are part of this informal podcast network that into the night is part of, and, uh, we just, we just really share ideas, um, prop each other up and, and get the words out there to hopefully, um, you know, bring in some listeners and some fans together. So, apart from Signal of Doom and We Are Venomaniacs, there's also, as as Phil was on the show, Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks. So, check them all out. Uh, finally, you can email us um, your requested audiobook read at itkmoonnight@gmail.com at gmail.com or you could visit us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. We have a website on Libsyn and uh WordPress and also on Podchaser. And uh yeah, drop us a review if you can. Uh if you thought, you know, if you think this show's okay, uh either on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser would be very much appreciated. It helps us get out there a bit more. Once again, Chad, a big thank you. Um stay vigilant. Um you know, don't uh i'm just trying to tie it into the comic that we've just read don't uh, don't kill people <laughs> with, with uh with symbiotic guns some people deserve to get dead just saying <laughs> okay, okay. Fair, fair enough um and with that thanks Dad. awesome with that um may you watch over the denizens of the night catch up